Hi, Ryan. Welcome to episode 11 of the Mind Blown Zone. This one is called The Weaponized Media. It's going to be a good one. We're talking about that mainstream media. Thanks for being here with me, Brad. How are you? Never better. And how about yourself? Uh, fantastic. Uh, it's a great day today. Excellent day. Excellent. So we've got a. So I understand that you're going to. Yeah, take it away, Brad. I was going to say you're going you're gonna to lead this one. Yeah, I've got a few thoughts on this subject that I've been uh, mentioning to folks for the past 15 or so odd years, and uh, it's uh, always a fun discussion. But you know, I kind of wanted to start out with some, what I'm just calling some novelties here. I think a lot of people are aware of at least some of these, but I just wanted to rattle right through them, just get them out of the way. Um, you know, if we go back, we do this on a on a historic timeline, right? We have the, the you know, one of the uh, aspects of uh, Greek goddess Media, M-E-D-E-A, was that she was the goddess of illusion. So it always struck me as interesting that we have this thing today called the media. And it's really the same, pronounced the same way, just to change it the E and the I. And my contention is, is that that's precisely what they are trying to do, is sell us on illusions. So a fun little- I was shocked when you told me that. Yeah, I was like, is that true? <laughs> like I looked it up. I just went straight to Wikipedia. I looked it up. I was like, media. And I was like, whoa, whoa it's it's true. Like what, what? what is this some coincidence or like maybe not, right? It's crazy. And so what's my next? So my next example, we jump up into I think the nineteen thirties here. We have this movie that was uh, I think widely considered the greatest movie ever made called Citizen Kane from the uh, infamous Orson Welles. And uh, I don't know, have you ever seen Citizen Kane, Matt? Oh, I've seen it. Okay. I mean, not my company. Yeah, it certainly isn't a bad movie. I wouldn't say all oh, that was a bad movie, but is it the greatest movie ever? Uh, you know, I certainly don't think so. Doesn't even fit into my top thousand, probably. So, but the, anyway, this there's some reason why this is considered, you know, the greatest ever, which is beyond me. But, you know, it was about the life of, you know, you know quasi life of a guy named William Randolph Hearst. And for those of most, some people may certainly recognize that name, but he was basically the media mogul magnate of his era, you know, kind of around the turn of the 20th century. And you know, he basically went around and bought up all these new, all these big newspapers, centralized. And he was doing that on behalf of himself and all his, you know, higher deep state buddies to keep their escapades and misdoings out of the news. That was the purpose, right? Um, so we can see this, as you'll hear me say throughout this podcast, right? It didn't, things didn't just start going sideways recently. Uh, this is a long right. standing thing that's been going on for hundreds of years. Uh, so then I jump forward to the, the 1970s and many people have probably seen the CIA, the congressional hearings where the CIA was called in and they were being questioned about whether they had, uh, agents installed than all the major networks. And they admitted they did. And as they got pressed for more more and more questions, the, the CIA director was saying, I think we need to take this into a closed door meeting, Mr. Congressman, <laughs> representative. So it never got fully vetted, but there it was. It's for everybody to see. And it's, it's well known now that CIA it really runs our media, and which has nothing to do with what they're supposed allegedly supposed to be doing on paper, which is managing, you know, foreign affairs, basically, right? Activities in other nations. That doesn't really seem like they should be also running our news desks. And yet they are. Go figure. Um, there's the infamous William Casey uh, meme that's gone around. And this is a verified quote. The woman who heard it and shared it says this is exactly how she heard it. Well, Casey was the CIA director uh, under Ronald Reagan and their very first meeting in 1981, uh, Casey is overheard telling Ronald Reagan in their first meeting that we'll know our campaign is complete when everything the American people believes is false. <laughs> what a awesome. statement, right? Risking coming pretty close, I would say. Yeah, well, they succeeded, uh, is all I'll say. And that, to me, is an upsetting thing to hear for people. And... Then we have to, we'll talk about it in a minute, what quote unquote everything really means. But that is, I believe they, that the CIA did in fact succeed. Of course, 
we talk about the majority of the American public, not everybody. They certainly got the vast majority. Uh, mm-hmm. James O'Keefe comment. I love this comment uh, just because you know, he said this recently, maybe two or three years ago. He's the He was the former head of Project Veritas. And now I think it's called O'Keefe Media Group, OMG. And we have yet to see what he's going to do with that. But he's obviously revealed some pretty, done some pretty good exposés uh, over the past five or six years, for sure. And, you know, he said, his quote is, the one real difference between the American press and the Soviet state news Pravda was that the Russian people knew they were being lied to. And of course, implying that the American people don't realize they're being lied to, which he's correct. Now, this is May of 2023. So there are a lot more people than ever before that know they're being lied to, but there's still a huge percentage that don't. And that's kind of why I'm uh, doing this podcast. Today. Do you know what yeah. Pravda means in Russian? I don't. Uh, the truth. <laughs> is that right? <laughs> right. right. Like all the all the monikers that go with the uh, our big media, you know, fair and balanced, and and uh, you know the most respected news in the world, you know those kind of things, right? Uh, mm-hmm. If you say it often enough, it becomes the truth, eh? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then just the other night, Matt and I were working on putting this uh, podcast together, getting the outline set up and everything. And after we were finished and stopped talking for the night, I went back and looked at some of my sources. Tucker Carlson had just put out this tweet on uh, Twitter that uh, was basically a three-minute summation of what our podcast is going to be tonight. So mm-hmm. he he basically said, yeah, you guys are, uh, the media's lying to you all the time, every day of the week. And, you know, that's a shocking thing to hear for a lot of people, I think, right? Is that that could be the case. We'll see what he has to say about how much lying he was forced to do. And of course, by lying, we admit that, you know, we're saying that we're not, they're not giving you all the truth. That's really what we're talking about here. We're not saying that the the actual words that came out of their mouths were lies. It's a lot more subtle than that. Just, I just went and glanced at it right now. It's that tweet. If you could almost believe it, has 125 million views. Whoa. Wow. I've never seen a tweet that many views in my life. And that's only been, what, two days it's been out. So you can see that this is getting a lot of play and a lot of people are waking up to right. what the media really is, which we'll talk about here today. So I guess that brings us to the, the, the central claim or the central uh, proposition of this podcast, right? Mm-hmm. Indeed. Which is... Take it away, Brad. The, the, I, I assert that the media has been lying to us about everything, in quotes, since time immemorial. It, the media didn't just start lying to us, you know, when Trump came around, or when COVID hit, or when Obama came around, and Bush came around, or, or wherever... People always have this moment when they see it, they see the lies for the mm-hmm. first time, and they think that it just started right then, <laughs> right? Right. Because that's when they first saw it. But the reality is, is you can go back as far back as you want to go, and they've been lying to us this whole time, which is shocking to hear. And yet, I am claiming that that's absolutely true. Now, the reason people are seeing this more and more I assert is because the consciousness level, the awareness level of humanity is actually on the rise. And it's easier to see the deception when it's rising. So um, let's jump to this next idea. What is this, what does this everything idea mean? So Tucker gave a little, he gave a little spiel on this in his tweet where he said, so a man, you know, holds up a, a bank and robs a bank and they catch him. And the media says, you know, there's no, this is just a, you know, speculation at this point. We don't know for sure, blah, blah, blah. What they don't tell you is that the guy's been convicted of robbing six banks in the past, for example. So that tends to make him look a little more guilty, right? But if they don't mention that to you, then you would, you would think, well, maybe, yeah, let's wait, let's wait for, you know, a trial before we cast any judgment on the guy. So that was his Mm -hmm. example, but this is how they do it, right? Is that it's not. What the words that they're saying aren't lies. It's what they're not saying 
what they're withholding, uh, you know, what's called exculpatory evidence, if you will, use a legal term. So they, they want, they want the story to be, to go in a certain direction, have a certain narrative with it. And so they tell the parts of the story they need to tell to shape the viewer's opinion on the subject. Right. That's about as they're raising up a certain perspective and sent, you know, making that in your know, central focus, right? right. <clears throat> and that, that goes into the news that they choose too, right? They're not going to choose a story that they can't shape, right? If they right. can't make it into something that works for them, then they ignore it or, or spin it, right? But, but they, what they aren't going to do, of course, is just come out right out and lie about it over, you know, over right. the top lie, right? Anything that they can adjust perspective spin and make it work in their favor, then they'll run it. So somehow I don't think that, uh, this podcast will make their news. <laughs> yeah. We won't be on the news anytime soon. So, you know, a lot of people say, well, if the media was lying, it would be obvious. And it kind of goes back to my point earlier where it's at some point it does become obvious to you and then you mm. can't miss it. But until you see it for the first time, then it isn't obvious because the words that are coming out of their mouths are true and they're not telling you blatant, obvious lies, as we suggest. Right. So some people shoot back at me, you know, well, they're lying about the weather and the sports and, you know, this, you know, the fire that happened, you know, in my city. And of course they're not lying about any of that stuff. Right. So this is part of what, what they use to build their apparent legitimacy. They do tell you some newsworthy things mm -hmm. like the sports scores, the weather and the fire that happened and so forth. Right. So right. seem like a reliable source of information. Right. They, they appear to be legitimate based on those things, mm -hmm. but what they what they really want to do is parlay that into them then telling you about this that or the other event in happening in the world and how they want you to think about it. that's more important to them obviously so that's how they're shaping mm -hmm. our attitudes and beliefs towards other events so what i suggest is that at the fundamental level what they're telling us is a lie and i'll get into that a little bit more here so it's at the deepest level is a lie mm -hmm. uh, so the, the simple example is you know the president says something today in the oval office everybody catches it on tape and they then report on that right none of that's a lie the president was in the oval office he said these words and then we're going to opine about what he said none of that is a lie but the the fundamental lie is that that we're being sold on this idea that this is this powerful person and he has power over our lives. And it's really important that we know everything he says because he can make so many tremendous changes just by saying something or signing something. That's the fundamental mm -hmm. lie. That, none of that is should be true. But because we've all been indoctrinated into thinking, oh yeah, he's the president, he can do that, then because we're that fundamental lie that the president can do these things, this is this is where we get sucked into and this is where we get taken advantage of because in no way, shape, or form was the president ever supposed to have any of this type of power, like executive orders and so forth, right? Declaring war, uh, you know, sending billions to other countries. It's not up to the president or even the Congress to do those things, but because we have been indoctrinated into this largely through the media we all think and say that it is today mm -hmm. they they could not get away with this if they didn't have the media to brainwash us that's what i'm suggesting right and even just not that president really. thing is an example right like this the, the central thing more so is like what's important right that, that is really deep like the fact that something appears on the media you you just assume, oh, this is in some way important. This right. somehow needs my attention, my consideration. This is relevant to society. This is relevant to humanity. The president, exactly. the United States Congress, Facebook, a a anything that they put on, you just say, oh, oh, this is some relevant thing in society, right? This, this deserves some sort of attention and energy in some way, right? That's right. They're telling us what's important. 
And imagine how many newsworthy stories there are every single day. And ironically, there's only two or three stories and all the news agencies agree these are the most important stories somehow. Right? They don't, they hardly ever vary. Right. You know, it's two or three big stories. And there's millions yeah. of stories every day that are newsworthy in that sense. So you could see right. that they've all been coordinated by some central source, some mm-hmm. authority saying, this is what the news is today, according to us. We feed you. Yeah, this is what we want people to consider to be important and focus their attention on today. And if you're and have this pers- perspective toward, right? We're not going to tell you what the most important stories are, but we're going to tell you what to think about the most important stories. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. The double whammy. Neither, neither of which, of course, what the media, the news media's job should be, at in by any way, shape, or form. So I think what that you know, just jumping to, you know, we thought about rattling off 10 or 15 examples here, but it's, I think it's a lot easier if we just do one key example. And and everybody around the world understands this example. And this, of course, was the COVID stuff that we've gone through for the past three and a half years. And I think the point is here, the, the, by showing this COVID example, what we're trying to do here is we're trying to say, look, it's clear that they're lying, right? Like you can see here that this is what they said, and this is what turned out to be true. Uh, that, would you agree, Brad, that that's the point of this example? Right. Well, the whole thing from start to finish was a lie, but we'll have to walk people through some specific examples, right, to see how that was so. And right. And then I want to, uh, you know, I want to speak about what the media should have done if it were really a truthful, honest media looking out for our best interests, because that's certainly how they held mm-hmm. themselves out. Right, is we're doing this all for the interest of the people and the public. This is why we're doing these things to protect you. When in fact, mm-hmm. it's very obvious to you know half half of at least certainly half of Americans today uh, that the exact opposite was the case. And and this is nothing right. new. This, they've been doing this throughout time, but this is irrelevant. It's recent, and everybody gets it. So I think you know the first point about this is how harmonious the messaging was all across the world. It wasn't just the United States. Every mm-hmm. single mainstream media source was in lockstep with each other. There was no dissent. There was no questioning. There was no alternative opinions. Every media source, every pundit, every expert that they brought on were all in lockstep with each other. Fascinating. Right. People have even put together videos where they show the media saying the exact same words on different channels around the world. <laughs> and sure. it's clear that they've been distributed scripts. They didn't just come up with these scripts themselves. They were distributed the same script by a central source. That's right. It was, it was, there was literally, and of course, on alternative media, there were many dissenting voices and really mm-hmm. hundreds, if not thousands. So why? So my, you know, the first question would be, why wouldn't the media that's supposed to be an impartial source bringing us information, bring on these people who had other opinions other than the mainstream opinion and let us, the viewers, decide who was right, who was wrong? Because that's their real job. Right. It's like, here's this subject that we're talking about. Here's the guy on this side of the story and here's the guy on that side of the story and we'll let them both talk and you know the truth will arise naturally. One will be right and one will be wrong. But that never happened, and it was no. it was the very deliberate that that didn't happen. Of course, we had tremendous censorship on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, all over the social media. That that people whose channels were questioning things were suddenly getting their channels deleted, and, you know, suspended, and removed from those. So all those dissenting voices had to move on to other platforms, almost almost at the onset of COVID. Pretty fascinating. So what were yeah. some of the uh, things they told us? So it, for those of you who recall in the beginning, I'm, I was hyper aware of this uh, when it was coming out of Wuhan, China. Uh, in fact, I was I was flying into San Francisco for a business meeting at the time in February 2020. And of course, this is right when all the hype was happening. Uh, and 
you know, the symptoms were hypoxia and dry cough. Hypoxia, I mean, that shortness of breath or low blood oxygen level. Those were the two distinguishing symptoms of COVID that set it apart from your seasonal flu or pneumonia or other, you know, lower respiratory diseases. So it's yeah. fascinating that that only lasted, I want to say, two months. We That was all the hype in, you know, when we declared the national emergency in, in the United States, it was in March and April. This is what they were talking about. Really, it was this hypoxia thing. And that's what got them to break out these ventilators and so forth. Same piece, people couldn't breathe. But that did not and The dry cough, if I can mention. <clears throat> I remember there was a clip released of like Boris Johnson uh, coughing. And it was like, this is what the cough of COVID sounds like. That's right. That's right. Right. The wet cough is is more the bronchial, the mucus, right? You know, the, the that's more of a, a, a pneumonia type thing or a flu type thing. So this was, was supposed to be what distinguished the two. Right. Uh, so you can distinguish... So the thing, the causative thing, and this is a separate thing by the observable symptoms they're trying to tell you, right? Right. Otherwise, who, who knows what it was? A lot of people show up every winter with, with coughs and you know, mucus and sickness and fever and so forth, right? That's mm -hmm. millions and millions of people have that every single year. So there's nothing new about any of that. So these are supposed to be those these you know very definitive symptoms, but I'm telling you, it only lasted a month or two. And as soon as the ventilator, as soon as they realized that 90% of the people going on the ventilators were dying, all of a sudden, this hypoxia thing vanished. And I'm not saying right. people still didn't show, show up at the hospital with hypoxia, but it was no longer this definitive characteristic. And you know, if you look at where we are today, this has really been going on for the last two years. Most people that say they had COVID claim a loss of taste of, the sense of taste of uh, taste and smell. And they're just generally, you have a, an energy drain. Now, those are the two main symptoms that people say, oh, this wasn't the flu because of these two things. Mm -hmm. So dry cough never was a thing to any of these people, nor hypoxia. So, so that seems like a simple, innocent thing in the, for, for the first one. It's like, well, they predicted some symptoms and uh, it turned out that they were incorrect and they're just... Uh... The experts uh, later confirmed that uh, it was different. So that that one sounds kind of innocent, right? Yeah, sure. It's easy to easy to not see if you're not looking at it, for sure. Right. Um, right. So the next they're just doing their best here. to get it right, and they just happen to get it wrong. Yeah. Right. Right. But right. this one, I'll, I'll introduce this one. Right. I mean, Please. they put out videos of people keeling over in the streets of Wuhan, like they're like, oh, they're like almost like zombies or something. And it's like, whoa, look how deadly this is. Okay. And I'm pretty immune to uh, silly ideas. Right. But even I was like, oh my God, there's a lethal virus. OMG. I got to look up like, what's the most effective way to protect myself? What's everyone saying? Okay. Apparently I need an N95 mask. That's the only thing that's going to protect against this virus. I got to get it. They're saying it on all the news networks and stuff. Eventually, I couldn't even get one. So I was like, well, I just have to, I hope this little shitty mask protects me. And then when I put it on, I was like, what? A, how's this going to stop a little scary micro particles moving through the air? It's like ridiculous. Like, and I just threw it away. And then a week later, in the, in the height of it, I was in Singapore just sitting in an airport and I wasn't getting any COVID. And I was like, this is, uh, this is strange. Right. Why well, they're saying it's so deadly and I'm fine. Yeah, it was some it was Gen frightening, genetics, right? Frightening video, right? I mean, it's frightening. It's just people walking along and all of a sudden you just die, <laughs> right? Like you got right. hit by a bolt of light. <laughs> it was that. Oh, fast. I feel bad. I'm dead. <laughs> right. I'm just walking to work one day and all of a sudden zzz, I'm gone. And, that, you know, there were at least yeah. a dozen of those videos. I, I think you can still find three or four floating around the internet. But that stuff was hitting our mainstream media and they were. That, that was like December, January, December 19, January 2020, that those were really in full force. And right. yeah, it was scary, right? Like whatever it was, it was scary. And almost yeah. everybody fell for it. Why wouldn't we fall yep. for it? That's, that's pretty crazy. So as Matt yeah. talked about the masks a little bit, I just want to add that we, we were saying, we being people questioning the narrative, were saying from the beginning, that nobody ever produced a single scientific study to suggest that masks work, that 
not only did no one produce one, but none had ever been done in the past for any quote unquote infectious viral disease. Right. But yet all of a sudden, all the experts on TV were convinced and convinced us that you had to have this mask right. without, without even a whiff of science to back it up. Not even and I mean, a whiff. If you just put two, if you just put a little observation and two thoughts together and just literally looked at the mask and just went, you know, there's big gaps right beside the mask here. Or like if there's supposedly some killer virus particles uh, running through the air, just bouncing around in the, in the, uh, in the atmosphere, uh, how is this mask going to stop it? And especially when apparently the holes in the mask are wider than the supposed virus. So if you just thought about that, you'd, you'd know it. So if the people in the media just thought about it for two seconds, you know, they come to the same conclusion, but no, the entire media is saying masks work, masks work, wear masks, wear masks, protect other people. Or does that seem suspect? You know, and I, yeah, and I remember pointing out to several people, like there should be like biohazard trash cans at you know, malls and grocery stores and, you know, big you know, shopping centers or whatever. But no, there were just, there were just masks all over the place on the, you know, in the parking lot, on the roads, on the sidewalks. I mean, it, like this is, these things, some of these masks are going to be filled with these deadly viruses, aren't they? Right. If they're stopping the virus, right. then they're going to have the virus on them and they're going to be a biohazard, right? Yeah. And they were just scattered and strewn everywhere. Those blue masks, especially. We had in that states. But does the media suggest what we're suggesting, even though it's obvious? No. Not a peep. Not a peep. They have their marching orders. So. Are you going to do vaccines? Yeah, I was going to jump ahead a little bit and then come around to those last, if you don't mind. Sure thing. Um, you know, the, the then there was the social distance, distancing thing, of course, which was really, really sinister and devastating on a much deeper level, right? Is that, you know, now family members and loved ones were afraid to you know, kiss and hug each other and get together on the holidays. And you know, there was this whole total like stay away. Obviously the horror stories of people, you know, dying in the hospital, but they wouldn't let the family members come in and see them before they died or if they had to talk to them on an iPhone or whatever, but just absolutely insane, crazy, idiotic nonsense and again not a not a whiff of science to back up anything around this six foot social distancing rule absolutely crazy right. uh what we have next lockdowns two weeks to flatten the curve how about that that was we were supposed to only shut down the businesses and lock down and do all this stuff for two weeks so we could stop the progression and then of course you know two and a half years i mean here in the united states i think that COVID emergency order just got lifted just the other day. Even though it's been really nothing burger. Yeah. Just for over a year. You know, Novak Djokovic wasn't allowed to come and play in two of our right. tennis tournaments here in uh, January or February or March because he didn't have the jab. So right. it's still in effect. Can I mention something about social distancing? Please. So I think it's I think it's important to, as we mentioned these mention how they turned out to be not true, right? Because I, went, I wanted to test this stuff. And I, I was like, you know, I really, I really don't believe this. So, you know, a bunch of my relatives all were saying, oh, we got COVID, we got COVID, stay away, stay away. And I was like, I just went right up to him, my, my auntie. I just buried my face in her hair and just said, ah, oh, it's good to see you. Like, give me, give me all that COVID virus, would you? You know, did I get COVID? No. So, but did the media ever report cases like that? No, they just said social distance, social distance, social distance. Thou shalt. This is what we say because we're the truth tellers, the honest ones. So you must listen. Right. Yeah. What else popped up? So there was asymptomatic carrier. That was a brand new phrase, never before introduced to the human population. Uh, of course, <laughs> but it's laughable. Let's make, let's, let's ramp the fear up to a whole new level and let's make everybody potentially lethal to you. Yeah. You might not have symptoms, but that doesn't mean you don't have the virus. You still might have it. Right. In the, 
in in a true sane world of lockdowns or quarantines, right? But it's the sick people that you lock down or quarantine, right? Are the really, really high at risk, but not right. a healthy population walking around. Right. Classically, quarantine has worked by if you, oh, this person has symptoms. Okay, let's put them into quarantine. <laughs> Why wasn't it like that? Good. Darn good question. So, you know, back to vaccines, I, I just hate to say the word. Uh, we'll rent the podcast there and forget my real thoughts about all that. But really, this was, you know, this was a gene, this is, was a gene therapy treatment, what these things were. They were not vaccines as defined in all of our dictionaries. So, of course, what did they have to do to sell this narrative to everybody? They had to get all the dictionary companies to change their definition of vaccine so that we could all agree that right. these were vaccines. Right. And just to be, if I can just add some clarity, like, you know, what people classically thought of a vaccine is that, oh, yes, we've taken some of the virus. Okay, now we're going to put a little bit of the virus into you and your immune system is going to uh, learn about the virus and how to fight it. So you'll be ready to fight off the virus if it ever comes to you. And then they just dropped that and they, what did they change the definition to? Like anything, any substance injected to stop a virus or something, right? Yeah, yeah basically yeah. any anything we jab into your bloodstream to help you uh, stay healthy. <laughs> I mean, that's basically right. the definition. So we could Imagine that, changing the definition of a word, getting the dictionaries to change the definition of the word so that the media can go vaccine, vaccine, vaccine. Right. And nowadays that's super effective because nobody has, hardly anybody has dictionaries anymore, not, not myself included, but they just go and just do a quick Google search for the definition and boom, there it is. You're wrong, Matt. That's what the definition is. Such right here in Webster's. Yeah. Just, That's painful. Super painful. Well, then we have the classic safe and effective, which they've been using for 150 years, by the way. You can go back to uh, the 1860s, 70s, and 80s, the, the Jenner toxic nostrum for smallpox, and they're using this exact same phrase, safe and effective for your children. So, Yikes. You know, sometimes things never change, but yeah. So initially, right, few people want to remember this, but initially they said you were 100% protected if you got the vaccine. That was the story. Get the jab, you don't get COVID. And then it changed over a few months because people who got the jab started getting COVID. So then it was, you couldn't transmit it to anybody. 100%. You might get COVID, but you can't transmit it to anybody. Right. Right. And then it changed to sometimes you can get COVID, but it won't be as bad. As other people yeah, right. You won't die from it. You'll just get you'll just get really sick. Right. So eventually it became this the only thing that the jab can really do for you is prevent you from dying. Like people who don't get jab, which is also a lie, by the way. But that that's the shifting narrative and it just proves without any shadow of a doubt that the entire insane thrust to get jab was completely and 100% pointless. And so never heard a word of it from anybody on television, in the main newspapers, on the main media channels, never a word of this from and mm -hmm. thousands of people saying this before it all got started. Oh yeah. Like I was telling people, uh, you might not want to get that thing. I mean, there's a, like the big farmer companies, like they're, they're just like brewed up some concoction, man. They're going to inject it into you. I mean, you don't even know what that is and you better not do it. Like that's potentially dangerous. And I'm like, oh no, no, oh no, 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 it's proven safe and effective. They said it on the media. I mean, how downright evil is, is that, that they're telling people something safe and effective and they know that people will believe it and then just go and inject it into their bodies because it's being scientifically proven apparently on the media. I mean, yikes. Yeah. The big sell was to protect those around you. Right? That was the thing that brought the people who were on the fence around, right? other than keeping a job and traveling. Right? Some of those things brought people around, but it was this, well, I could protect you know, my grandma or my child from getting this by getting it. So that was that was the ultimate gaslighting that was sold to mm. people around the world. 
protect others. Be a good citizen. Mm -hmm. Protect your fellow man. So the um, lure of altruism. Right. I was going quite a bit further. I had figured something else out, which we're kind of dedicated a whole podcast to during a few months. But I'm not going to get into that here tonight. So, so here's the here's the why we discussed all this. I want to get to this uh, these hearings that were held by a, a U.S. senator. There's only a hundred U.S. senators, and they're very important people. And the media has stressed that for the last 150 years, right? That we need to listen to our senators. They're important, and they represent the people. Yes, <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, senator hold hearings right in the U.S. Senate. He literally invited dissenting voices into the U.S. Senate, not once, Matt, but twice. I think he did it once in 2021 and once in 2022. So he brought people in who had an alternative story to tell about COVID, about vaccines, about you know, you know, treatments, right. and on and on. There's a whole day of, of, of people. Uh, you know, I'm gonna, and of course, doctors and lawyers and parents you know that had got done the trials and then, you know, their child had been damaged and that, that their child, the record of that child being in the, in, the, uh, in you know, the study had been removed, right? They just removed it, right? So they could say, you know, nine out of 10 kids react well or whatever. But that's mm -hmm. how they do these kinds of things, right? Just selective stats, right? Selectively removing the inconvenient stuff. But the point is, is that a sitting senator held hearings in Washington, D.C. and invited the entire global media to attend these congressional hearings, Senate, Senate hearings, about another another aspect of an alternative narrative to the main COVID narrative. How many intrepid media sources of ours showed up to cover that? Twice. The answer is none. None. Oh, they didn't show up to like film it. They didn't even That's come right. and film it at all. Wow. Not at all. None of them showed up. He invited them over and over and over again. <laughs> wow. So this is this is how the media lies to us. This was the biggest right. way that they lie to us is that they ignore things that they can't spin or turn turn to their favor. So I uh, we've covered earlier, Brad. On education, we made an interesting point that people are so um, people have been so disempowered uh, in regards to independent research that all you have to do for some for people to not know something that is uh, rationally prudent to know about is just not tell them about it. That's all that it takes for them to not know. So I could give two thousand more examples just like this one. This is one that everybody's aware of. And it's not important whether you agree or disagree with us about what we think about COVID. The, the point is, is that this information should have reached the American people. And if, right. if these people were wrong, then they could have brought in their experts to show how they were wrong. But they couldn't mm -hmm. do that. They knew they couldn't do that. So they were forced to ignore it. Mm -hmm. So a better example, I, you know, right now we have, of course, the, the, the House Oversight Committee just released yesterday uh, a whole scathing uh, review on all these bank records of all Biden's you know, son and daughter and, and brothers and, you know, all these all these people in the Biden family that have been getting these payments from China and Ukraine, Iraq and all over the, all over the world for, you know, 15, 20 years, suspicious, huge payments that are coming into their bank accounts and going through their shell companies and LLCs. And the media, by and large, the media did cover it all. They covered a little bit today just to say that, only to say to say that there's no proof that any of this money came back to the president. That's, right. you know, it, that's the height of, of, of absurdity in the media. This should be the biggest story in the world right now. Right this minute, it should be the biggest story in the world. Basically, that the president's family has been influence, influence peddling for at least 25 years. That's the right. short clip on it. So, just another example. You know, Fox covered it a little bit, but you know, they you know, Fox is you know crazy far right lunatics. So, that whatever they say is true. That's the, the prevailing extreme attitude. So here we yeah. are. We're just you know 
timely, another timely example. They're just ignoring it. They're just not willing to talk about it. And if they don't, and they just talk about a bunch of other stuff, pretty soon everybody will just kind of forget about it. And it must not have been true because the media is not covering it. So if I can anyway. add here, like um, one perspective might be that, you know, the media is doing their best, right? Like they're, and, that, and that's what they say though. Oh, the science changed. You know, we have constantly been in line with the science and we've reported to you the best that science has to offer, right? Um, just words. So what if that's not true, right? What if that is not true and that they are deliberately telling false narratives, not just about COVID, but deliberately telling or providing false perspectives, false narratives in all areas of life? Reckon that could be true, Brad? I, I'm beyond reckoning. I know it's true, <laughs> but we obviously can't go into a thousand different areas and talk about it. Um, but yeah, this is what's happening. And by the way, there was everything that not one thing that you said was based on science, not one. And that's right. so easy to claim and assert. Mm-hmm. I can back it up a thousand times over. None of it ever had anything to do with any science at all. So anybody who said trust the science, you trusted uh, a bunch of liars. That's it. That's all it was. So do you want to cover this transition that's been made here from what people have been thinking the media is for and how it's perceived and, you know, the prevailing understanding that's arising now, Brett? Yeah. So, you know, most people think, right, I think this is where we're at, right, that the media is here to yeah. keep us informed on you know, important information that helps us live our lives and keeps us safe and protected. And, you know, so much so that some people call them the fourth state, right? That they're actually, you know, really a vital part of our government. There's to keep our government in check. That was media. That's supposedly. Oh, God. Right, right? How absurd. So if you think about it, you know, it's just an interesting observation I made. If you go back, I would say, go back 50 years or so, the media was, everybody believed the media was impartial. You know, so much so mm-hmm. that you didn't, people didn't know the way the main personalities and broadcasters of those times, you know, Tom Brokaw and Walter Cronkite, David Brinkley, Peter Jacobson, all these, you know, mainstream broadcasters, you, they were so impartial. So we like to believe that you never know which way they would vote, you know, Democrat or Republican, back of us. And their, the purpose of that was so that the viewers could come to their own conclusions, right? So in other words, mm-hmm. the, the guy giving them the news wasn't telling them, you got to go this direction or that direction. You just con- contrast that to today, where the entire, everybody on the entire channel is going one way, 90, 99% of them, right? On MSNBC, you're right. going Democrat. For CNN, they're going Democrat. And 99% of them on Fox are going Republican. And they know it, tell you their opinions, and they tell you what you should think about stuff and how to vote. And so it's very different from then to now. It doesn't mean they weren't manipulating us 50 years ago, but it wasn't as obvious. I think that's the point. Right. They were still lying at that time, just in a very much more subtle, indetectable way. Right. They were doing it by withholding information. They knew they knew the way that they told the story that, that they would shape opinions in one direction or another. Uh, so I think we can get into this next part, right, Brad? Like uh, the big question here would be like, well, but isn't the media supposed to be good? If, if, if they're lying, why would they do that? Why would the media lie? Good question. We've got five reasons that kind of stack and get uh, more intense as they go. They're lying because they work for, they are the propaganda arm of the people who control the world. That's why. Oh, okay. You just went all the way. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just saying that's it, right? So, you know, at at the smaller levels right there, you know, they're, they're, they're directing our focus and our attention towards the subjects they want us to be interested in. At the basic level, right? So they're siphoning your attention is your power, believe it or not, where you put your attention, energy grows, where your attention goes, energy grows. So they take your attention, they put it on topics they want you to be interested in, right? And right. once they get your attention, then they sell you their narrative. 
and their narrative mm-hmm. is, is pitched in such a way that, that it's there's no other possibility. This is the way things are because the media says so. They're not giving any room for another possible opinion or look or you know or look at something. This is this is that they tell you this is the way things are because they don't tell you any opposing opinions. Right? If they do tell you the opposing opinion, they tell you it's idiotic, it's stupid, or it doesn't make sense. They don't actually give you any rational thinking behind the opposing views ever. Mm-hmm. Right, right. When they present opposing views, they oppo- present them in like a absurd way. It's like, see, here's the opposing view. How stupid is it? Right, right. So it's, it's they're telling you exactly how to think, which is the exact opposite of what an impartial, unbiased media should do. We're all grown-ups. We can make up our own minds, tell us the full story, and we'll decide what's true or right, what's false and wrong. Very simple. But okay. At the, so why would they do that, Brett? At the core of it, right, is there if you anybody who sits back and looks at the media objectively will see two things that they're always selling us. It's based on fear and based on judgment. The most fear and judgment emotions that we have, and they're eliciting from us all the time. And they know it. We don't, the public doesn't realize it. They realize it. And this is why you look at any broadcast, like the last two or three minutes, they'll tell you a feel good story. So I want you to come back tomorrow night. If they left you in, the, you know, in these dire feelings of hatred and anger and, and worry, you know, you might not want to come back. The next thing, so that's the, the whole purpose of the, that cute little piece about the fireman, you know, saving the grandma's g cat up the tree. Under you know, your local neighborhood, that's the whole point of that piece is get you to come back to that feel good story, right? So, really, what they're shooting for, right? Ultimately, they're trying to they're trying to create this, trying to keep our lives in strife chaos and above and beyond all else they want us divided and they divide us a thousand different ways politically racially culturally religiously right and in any other way economically any way they can do it they do it any possible way right if there's a division perceivable then they'll try to line us up on either on the either side of that division right Right. That's that's those are the hallmarks of a good story that they that they can make newsworthy. How can they use the story mm-hmm. to create more chaos, strife, and division? So, yeah. How can we scare people? How can we put people in judgment? How can we divide them? A B C. Right. That's those are worthy of, of getting onto one of the big broadcast networks. Stories like that. And boy are they good at it. It's all they ever show us. So, you know, what I, what I call them really is, is opinion shapers. That's really just the, the kind of idea that I have behind this. They're trying to shape your opinion one way or the other. And, you know, it's perfectly obvious. You uh, think you're a Republican and you go watch the Democrat stuff. You could see it plain as day. Mm-hmm. Oh, they're lying to those people. <laughs> you can't see what they're doing to you and vice versa. If you're a Democrat and you go ask your voters, you say, oh, look how they're shaping their opinions, but they're not shaping ours. But in reality, <laughs> it's happening on all the channels. They're just people right. divided, whatever side you want to identify with. People think there's the good right, right-wing media and the bad left-wing media or the good left-wing media and the bad right-wing media and that the followers of each are <laughs> so silly, yeah. Either way, it works both ways. And you know, another purpose of their stories, and they have they keep little stories in their hopper, right? They have these ready to go, is when something when something really, really newsworthy comes up that they can't spin or doesn't shape help shape their narrative, they'll bring bring out another story, right? Which is, you know, usually some sort of a tragedy. And they'll highlight mm-hmm. and make a huge deal out of that to keep your attention off of the thing that they couldn't spin. Right. But even that story is going to be fear and judgment, right? It's still going to be, okay, it's not related to the main narrative for a little bit. No worries. It's still going to affect you emotionally just as bad. Of course. All stories are in that vein. So 
they put you in fear and judgment and then you feel fear and judgment and then a reality of fear of judgment is created because those are the feelings in your in your being and they just get pumped into the world and they want to create that kind of world because that world is a world of strife, chaos, and division. And when there's strife, chaos, and division, then we can easily be kept under their thumb. That's the the driving point here, right, Brad? Right. The, both of those are, those are the two most disempowering emotions that we have. Right. When we, when we feel scared, we need somebody to help us. Right? You know, fear, we should probably mention a lot of worry is fear, concern, guilt, mm-hmm. scared. All those things are fearful. Even mm-hmm. even anger, even anger is a sense of fearfulness. Hopelessness and helplessness, powerlessness. That way we give our power away. So that please protect us. Daddy, yeah, right. Daddy government. I don't know how to solve this problem. You protect us from the problem that we create. And that's why, like, if you're in so much fear and about COVID, then when they bring out some expert and they're, you know, got a polished voice and say they're from Harvard and they're going to, you know, be very certain about what they're saying. And this is a, a very deadly virus. And it's important that people stay six feet apart, wear masks. People are going to be like, well, this guy sounds really smart. Oh, we're going to do that. Right. So they disempower you and then give you, here are the actions to do. And you're like, okay, sure. I'll do that. And then their reality gets created. This goes to the Nathaniel Brandon outsourcing your intellectual sovereignty, right? You can't make a come to a rational conclusion and be your own opinion because you're scared. You need somebody right. else to help fill in that void. Oh, here's the expert. Here's the guy you know. He's got all the letters behind us. Just let it all right in. And, you know, at a much, much deeper psychological level, you you take that to be your own opinion now, right? Because you didn't have one. Yeah. You got one from, downloaded one from the expert. Now that's your opinion. Where'd you get that? I, that's, I came up with that myself. Yeah, I thought of it. That's right. That's what everybody thinks. What you, what, what's wrong with you? Yeah, where did I get the good uh, the idea that communism is a good thing? Oh, I thought of it myself. <laughs> yeah, sure. Right. So, yeah, this kind of you know, we're kind of coming coming to the tail end of this year, and you know, this kind of opens the door to this bridge to self discovery idea that we don't always talk about a little bit. Uh, and you know, really, that's what I want to talk about here is this: what they're driving, continuously driving, is a sense of duality, separation that comes from really comes from the judgment angle as well, the blame angle. Like, who's to blame for this tragic event? And the more that that is driven and instilled into us, the more that we carry that around with us in our daily life, daily activities. And we start questioning people who have different beliefs. We start, oh, they're wrong. This just just keeps going and going. Like, it's all effects every part of our lives. Right, it's separation, right? Like everything splits apart. It's just this reality of splitting and everything driving further apart and being separated by barriers of negative emotions, right? That's right. And it's all, at the end of the day, it's all driven by lies. Right. If these lies weren't being perpetrated on us, then we would actually come together as a species of a human race. We find that we really have millions of things in common and very few things not in common. But because we're reminded of these each day, we are told about these things and shown these terrific examples of behavior. They they just keep reselling us on staying alive. Of course, uh, Nietzsche said, "United we stand, divided we fall." I forget who said it, but it's true. They've got us divided oh. so that they hold the power. Well, you said the other day, Brad. I mean, why, why doesn't the media just uh, talk about world peace all day? <laughs> just, just from beginning to end, just talk about peace, peace and happiness, and empowering notions and ideas. Right? They couldn't hold the power if they did. Yeah, they they could, right? But they'd lose all their power in a very short period of time. It was all a power play. 
and mm-hmm. taking our power. They're not really taking it. As I've said many times, we're by trusting them, we're giving it away to them. That's what's happening. We have all the power. We take our power when we're in fear and we give it to them. Mm-hmm. To these experts that are lying to us, wittingly or unwitting, most are probably unwittingly lying to us. Certainly in the, in the grand scheme of the COVID thing, most of the people were thought they were being truthful and honest that were backing the mainstream narrative. So not all of them, but most of them, because they had been mm-hmm. lied to in all their training and education. So where does that leave us? We in conclusive points here? Yeah, uh, reality shaping. Yep. Big so idea. This is, this is just an idea that by, by continually focusing on the media, we're letting these people in control of the media tell us what comes next, right? So we're, cut, we're, we're like defensive and reactive to what they're selling us. What's mm-hmm. the latest thing on the news we can talk about today? Right, so we're we're really in a defensive position and kind of trapped because they're going to just keep selling us more and more of the same, no matter what. So you know, one right. idea that we stress often is turn off your media, <laughs> all of it. And we mean we should probably clarify: we're saying, for all intents and purposes, every single television station, every single newspaper, and all the big big time social media networks. Although it does appear that Twitter is emerging as a platform where people can actually express their opinions and right through. It seems to be an ideal free press, right? Yep. And that's where Tucker's headed. So we'll see how that looks, but it does appear that that may be a place you can go to see multiple opinions for the first time ever in Twitter's history, but it certainly hasn't been that up until Elon purchased it. Um, so. That may be an exception, but certainly Facebook and, and YouTube and all the others are uh, censoring materials that is contrary to the mainstream opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, just to me, this is even even has a bigger impact if you can come to understand what we're saying and realize what's going on. I think it opens the door to the self-discovery because... No longer are you being told what the truth is, which is never, almost never the truth, right? Coming from the media. But it opens you up to recognizing some truths that are all around you, right? your own reality. And you get back in touch with nature. You get back in touch with your just yourself. And that can have some really marvelous uh, and miraculous results in your life just from just from turning it off alone. And... All of a sudden, that fear and that judgment, that division, that blame, that hatred start to fade away from you. So if people could simply exchange watching the media for going for a walk or a hike or you know a bike ride or whatever, just switch those two activities, I think a lot of people will see some amazing results in their lives just from doing something as simple as that. What do you think, Matt? I think uh, if people uh, don't uh, realize yet the negativity of the media and that it's not something that they should be paying attention to, then it won't be long until they do. Yeah. It's one of the most unhealthy activities you can you can actually perform. Right. Someday we'll get into what, you know, kind of the psychological effects and, uh, you know, going into alpha waves and how you're easily influenced and on, 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 on. So a lot there. We've got a course called Take Your Power Back, uh, which we uh, obviously recommend to our students to not watch the media and a whole lot more in that, uh, in that course uh, comes along with uh, kind of experiential training on helping to release the fear and the judgment. Uh, along with mm-hmm. a whole bunch of other amazing techniques that are built into that course that can they're super empowering and you know you'll see the world will look entirely different to you at the end of that course for sure right uh, i'll say so, a few more words please you I know mean, a lot of the desire to engage with this course take your power back is a is very much about understanding what your power is and the idea of disempowerment and the idea of empowerment, right? And think what we've been talking about recently is that 
you know, your power is your fundamental ability to create your reality in the way that you see fit for your life, your liberty, your happiness, right? The achievement of that, that happiness that you feel to be your purpose, right? So you have that power, but at times through your life, certain, uh, groups of people, it starts with, you know, teachers, and then it starts with supposed experts. And, you know, then it's the media, they come along and they tell you that reality is a certain way. They tell you to focus on particular things. And before you know it, you're in this like state of fear and judgment, uncertainty, self-doubt, and your energy by way of your attention is being directed toward a reality that other people are trying to create. Right? So this idea of taking your power back is kind of uh, reclaiming the virtue of independence and saying, oh, whoa, oh, I have my power and I can use that to create an abundant, prosperous world for myself, my friends, my family, and then for all of humanity. You know, just a thing that spreads out from you to your friends and your family and to, to everyone else. Um, and no longer... Um, just letting like groups like the media and the government or whatever take it away from you, right? And uh, this this process of getting your power back is not just an intellectual realization. You don't just go, oh, yeah, oh yeah, I see that. It's like some what's being done to you has been like done on an emotional level, right? And taking your power back is like an experiential transformation that happens to you happens internally right so what take your power back as a course does is it takes you through all these experiences that result in you becoming powerful again right so that you are able to create your reality or, or what in a way that drives you towards your happiness again right instead of just being living in this chaos and strife that the media wants right and as we all do that and share the ideas we're all going to be taking our power back and we're all going to be creating a much more prosperous, happy world. What do you think, Brad? Absolutely. That's the name of the game. Just stop giving it away. Once you realize you are giving it away, you're on your way. But it's hard to see until you see it. Just like it's hard to see that the media is lying to you until you see it. And then once you see it, you can't unsee it. And you know, ultimately, the course is really returning you back to the power you've always had. You've never gone anywhere. You just, you for a period of your life, you kept it, you know, namely as a child, very powerful. And, you know, not in the power over others way, but powerful in the sense that you were doing the things that you wanted to do and feeling joyful. And the world was a vista of wide open opportunities. And you were hopeful and optimistic and excited every day when you woke up. And that's, that's where the course takes you back to that space. Mm -hmm. You know, yep. as a wise adult, so can't can't uh, stress it enough. So that's fantastic. Uh, I, you know, quickly wanted to mention too. After sometimes after having these conversations with people, they feel highly deflated and they want to know what are my recommendations for a, a, a media source, and there really aren't many options. I think we mentioned up earlier that you know Twitter may be the place to go. We'll see. Did you, by the way, did you see that they found? Uh, uh, a stealthy algorithm today. Uh, was it called Tombstone Generator? I think was the name of it. Uh, uh, Elon, I don't pay attention to this stuff. <laughs> Elon Elon redu re had released his source, the Twitter source code, and somebody found this uh, stealthy algorithm. It's it's real fancy how it's written, but it can basically uh, make somebody unseeable, you know, on on the low the shadow banning level. Because I know a lot of people that still say they're they're banned on on Twitter and they've never had an opportunity to get their account back. So I thought that was interesting, but, um, you know, for anybody who wants some guidance, uh, you know, that as far as newspapers go, the, the closest thing, anything even reasonable would be the Epoch Times, which is sketchy, still somewhat sketchy in my mind. They tell a lot more truth than you're going to get out of any American newspaper. By the way, the, the Epoch Times is out of Hong Kong. They had a, an event, I don't know, four or five years ago where their entire facility was burnt down and you know, they were a little different afterwards, I'll just say that. So that's maybe the only newspaper that I could even come close to recommending. Some people just love to read newspapers, so that would be the one. Um, 
you know, online there's, you know, zero hedges kind of been around for a number of years and, you know, they're pretty good, um, you know, for like a daily interesting, you know, a little bit more on the finance economic side, but they do cover other topics. And then there's a, what I call like a level two type media reporter, uh, would be, uh, James Corbett. People have heard of him before he cut his, his program's called the Corbett Report. I think you can find it on uh, Rumble, BitChute, and Odyssey today. He, of course, got suspended off of uh, YouTube a year, year and a half, two years ago for saying things that didn't go along with the narrative. But he's been around for close to 20 years, and he's a rock-solid reporter. And he sources all his material, and he, you know, he doesn't speculate at all, which is why I leave him in level two. But he's a good step up for people maybe that have been you know, turned on to you know, Matt Taibbi and Glenn Greenwald and Tucker Carlson, and that, you know, they're getting some information from these guys. I consider those two to be almost, uh, kind of gatekeepers to level two, some deeper information. So anyway, I think probably the best option now is Tucker on Twitter and we'll see where that goes. Maybe it won't work out. Maybe it will. We'll see. That's the place to be. If you want to find some interesting information that's unbiased, mm. that's all I got, Matt, anything else from you? Nope. Sounds great. All right. So we finished the weaponized mainstream media. Glad to get this one under our belts. Appreciate everybody listening today. And we look forward to uh, any comments or questions. And uh, otherwise, we'll see you on the next podcast. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, yep. Matt. Make, make sure to check out uh, Take Your Power Back on themindblownzone.com. Okay. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, Brad. Thank you.